There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to yet another Business Elevation Show on Voice America. I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. And um, before I introduce you to uh, my guest today and we talk about empowering women, I'd like to say a huge thank you to my guest last week. I interviewed Rob Wainwright. Uh, Rob was the former Scottish rugby captain uh, and also uh, today he now has a, a large livestock farm on a tiny island in the Hebrides in Scotland called Col. So we talked about leading a remarkable life and you know, if you're interested in uh, leading a remarkable life, uh, you're interested in ensuring that you kind of live um, and pursue your your dreams and ambitions, uh, do listen to that interview. And if you like rugby, there was an amazing uh, sort of conversation with Rob that I thoroughly enjoyed about what it was like to walk out on a rugby pitch when you're playing England at uh, Murrayfield. Uh, it was incredible. I, could, I felt sort of tingles just uh, at the thought of... Uh, uh, this almost warlike situation with two nations locked in in combat. So I'd really recommend having a listen to that show. So today we're going to talk with um, with the Rally Princess of Sweden, Annie Seal, and serial entrepreneur David Wood about empowering women. So my question to you is: Are you a woman who's wanting to be, do, and accomplish exceptional results in areas of life that have been typically male dominated? Or perhaps you're someone who just simply cares about this really important task of helping women to really fulfill and achieve their full potential. Um, Annie Seal is a a Swedish-born motorcyclist and enduro racer. I mentioned she's often referred to as the rally princess. Uh, And she set a world altitude record, incredibly, by motorcycling 5,305 metres up Mount Everest. Uh, She's been a leading female competitor in the Paris-Dakar Rally. Uh, In the 2010 Dakar Rally, she crashed into a deep tomb uh, and managed to actually continue and complete the race. We'll have to find out a bit more about that. Uh, She's been awarded the Swedish Adventure of the Year Award back in 2005. She competed in the world's first electric Grand Prix uh, in the UK in 2010. And some incredible achievements. And today she's uh, doing all sorts of things to help women uh, become more empowered, including teaching them how to uh, to motor race. Now, Daniel Wood is a Swedish serial entrepreneur. He's co-founded six companies uh, together with his wife, Gisela. And after successfully becoming financially free through their property investments, uh, and indeed I've just been talking to about his beautiful home in Stockholm, they decided to start giving back and have since founded six companies that support investors and entrepreneurs on their journey to financial freedom. So let's talk about empowering women with two outstanding Swedish high, achie- high achievers. So a huge welcome to Annie Seal. Thank you. Glad to be on the show. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you, Annie. And also to Daniel Wood. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And it's it's wonderful to have you. I think uh, are you both based in Stockholm? I know Daniel, you are. are you are you in Stockholm, Annie? Yes, I'm in Stockholm, just north of Stockholm. Oh, I'm I'm jealous. One of my favourite European cities. I just think it's uh, 
I think it's a wonderful place. Really is lovely place to uh, to live and be. And I imagine a bit chilly in the winter, but um, it's always been <laughs> beautiful when I've been over. <laughs> well, I won't tell you about the weather today. We've had a wonderful summer, but uh, today um, you're not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's, it's a really great um, country with um, I think really great people as well, and um, it is uh, if people haven't visited Sweden, um, Stockholm is a, a tremendous place to to visit and I think to to live and 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 be. So Annie, um, you are you're obviously Swedish, and uh, I'm really interested to just to get an understanding before we, well, we we talk about empowering women, but we will be talking about empowering women in this question. But I'm kind of intrigued as to where. Did this passion for motor racing start for you being brought up in Sweden? And what achievements uh, are you most proud of? Because you've got an incredible CV of, uh, of high achievement. Well, let's start from the beginning then. Both my parents are actually from Finland. So I've got ah. the fin- Finnish motor racing blood in me. So it's just born. I was born with it. And my ah. father was interested in, in cars. Unfortunately, my father died when I was 16, just as I bought my first motorbike. So I had to take all my racing, do it all on my own. I've built all my career without having any any fatherly support, even if my mother was cheering me on, but she didn't she didn't do any spannering. I had to do it all myself. <laughs> so um, actually, that's where I started my career, and now finishing. Uh, quite a few, five die cars on the motorbikes and a few in the cars. I've done always my own spannering, building my race bike. So that was one key to the success is uh, is uh, using the tools myself. But, but what um, I mean, what got you interested in the first place though? It's not you're riding motorbikes. You were saying you're riding them at sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was already at big, you know, kindergarten. I was playing with cars rather than dolls, so it was there in me. But then I liked racehorses, so I was uh, riding the horses in the weekends, and then suddenly uh, I saw this stunt show with a guy on a motorcycle, and I thought, hey, that's a cool horse. He could jump and, you know, go <laughs> crazy stuff. So I wanted to ride uh, motorbikes myself. So it was sort of, you know, I got inspired. And the thing is, when I get inspired, the next day I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how we started. I'm very, very quick in in the terms of of realizing, you know, doing reality out of ideas. And what are you you most proud of? Because we've mentioned this this, uh, venture up Everest. And, well, uh, in, in 30, I celebrated 30 years as a, a competitive rider. I must say there's so many things I've been pioneering as a woman. But my biggest achievement still is my first ever Paris-Dakar rally back in 2002. Because only one year previous, I, I rode in the desert the first time and I just started decided this is the best place on earth it's not stockholm it's the desert <laughs> <laughs> and in just one year i i did the training i i got a bike i built a bike and i and en- i entered the rally and i wasn't really prepared enough you need much more experience you need to be bigger and stronger and everything but i wasn't but still i made it to the starting line and i can't believe i actually made it to the finish i broke a hand on day four i had two weeks more to race the engine was overheating and uh, I don't know, all kinds of stuff happened. And I finished 54th out of 200 bikes to the start. 
and we were only 59 actually passed uh, across the line. So that was, you know, that was the toughest that car in history. Only one third of the competitors made it. Wow. So, um, yeah, that it's, but it was like the worst possible way of of uh, finishing the Dakar and I did it despite everything you know so sometimes even being totally you know useless and still overcoming yourself that can be the biggest achievement when you got everything sorted and you know what you're doing it it's easy it's easy job but when you know when you have to begin from somewhere where you not even know where you're going that is the true hero ship <laughs> So, yeah, that's the biggest. But then I've done crazy stuff. The next year I went to Mount Everest. Didn't really know what I was doing then either. But we, we set the altitude record, which was the main aim. But I was sick. I had altitude sickness and I broke my nose and, you know, all kinds of stuff happened. So, yeah. But there's just no – I when I decide I'm going to go for something, I'll just go, no matter what's in front of me. Mm. And, and I mean, and do people do people on the Dakar rally take you seriously? Uh, you, you're out there, you're building your own bike, and I guess you probably didn't have a big support team. And uh, yeah, they they do because the first time I did it, I did it on my own, uh, like an amateur. So I didn't have the support team, and that's the thing when you when you completed a Dakar, everybody that knows what it's all about, they know there's no easy way of doing it on your own so after that nobody questions me before the start I actually had and I don't even know who he was but he called me to tell me I was ridiculous to even try to do the Dakar rally because women can't race motorbikes but he was my personal trigger that even you know if there's even a slight you know uh, risk of failing he would be the one that kept me going because I, <laughs> he was just, you know, annoying me so much by assuming I couldn't do it. So I had to prove it to him and everybody else. I could do it. Excellent. Mm. It always helps to have some, something like that, I think, a bit of a, a lever to, to move you forward, prove somebody wrong. Um, yeah, because everybody, also I question myself and I don't always think I can – you know, I'm not prepared enough. I don't know enough. But I now, after 30 years of racing, I know whatever I don't know today, I will know at the end of the project. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's a bit of my mentality anyway. Excellent. So let's move across to serial entrepreneurship then, because uh, that's been your thing, Daniel. And we can explain a little bit further in a few minutes as to why the two of you kind of come together and, you know, there's a connection between you. Um, so what um, what got you interested in an entrepreneurship? I mean, why didn't you, you know, maybe pursue a, you know, a small, more, um, you know, more corporate career, for example? Right. Well, me and I started in that corporate career. That was how I began. Uh, like most people, you know, you do the regular school, get start working, start having success. But uh, what me and my wife, uh, Gisela, realized when, uh, um, really when we had our first son, was uh, we, uh, you know, we were both home, you know, on our paternity leave and maternity leave, and we were walking by uh, the daycare where he would start, uh, you know, a couple of years later. And we were walking by in the morning, it's about 7.30 a.m., and we see the place is 
packed with kids. And we, um, you know, we walked home, didn't think any more of it. But later in the afternoon, we were walking by the same daycare and it was about 6, uh, 6 p.m. And we walked by, we saw the exact same kids um, playing. And when we thought about it, that actually meant that those kids, you know, they were at daycare for over 10 hours. And if they're doing that five days a week, they're, they're spending more of their, you know, awake time with their teachers at school than they are with their parents. And our realization came to that if, if we continued the corporate path, if we continued, you know, with the promotions and everything, we would, we would see other people get to know our children more than we would. So that was a big trigger for us to start thinking, you know, is there something else out there? Is there another way to, to live your life rather than, you know, going to work nine to five? And really none of us work nine to five. It's nine to seven, isn't it? So uh, mm. we, uh, we decided to, to do something else. And we, uh, we read the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you've heard of it, Chris. Yeah. Robert Kawasaki, is it? Yeah, uh, Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki he, uh, he and his wife, um, Kim, wrote that, uh, you know, many, many years ago. Yeah. And it was our, our trigger. Uh, we, thanks to that book, we started investing in properties, uh, which the whole point with that, of course, is to get the passive income of um, getting rents. So we started getting rents. It allowed us to quit our jobs. And uh, one of our mentors asked us to start um, our current uh, main company, which is called the Swedish Wealth Institute, which um, where we do events, where we bring in speakers from all over the world to teach about uh, anything from investing, entrepreneurship, personal development, health, relationships, just to help people get what we call a wealthier life. Very good. And uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that, whether you were going to say when you saw saw all the kids spending 10 hours at um, in daycare that you'd need to quit your jobs to be able to afford to send yours there because it uh, gets a bit expensive. <laughs> but, um, well, that's what we're blessed in Sweden, though. Luckily, it's not, uh, it's not as expensive in, in uh, Sweden. The government does pay for it. Oh, that's that's great. But actually, I'm the same. I, I, I moved out of corporate because I realized I wanted to see my kids grow up and uh, exactly. have the flexibility and be around them as they grow up and uh, not a, a dad who's away all the time. So uh, it, it's generally generally been a good move. Um, so uh, we've just got a few minutes till commercial break, but I'm kind of you know interested to uh, just I'm going to ask, ask a question, Annie, about your, your confidence driving programs, I think, after the break. But um, you both come together and uh, you're, um, you know, actually you're running and involved with a, in a conference together around empowering women. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Daniel? And, uh, and then Annie will be interested in your opinion briefly as well as to why you chose to be part of that. Absolutely. Well, we, we realized when, once we started running our own company, we realized in how many meetings where, you know, if we're meeting banks or, or uh, you know, Im important <laughs> figures, how often the men would turn to me and talk to me and, and kind of ignore Gisela in the meeting. And uh, we felt it was ridiculous. And we wanted to, to make a change. And we see so often how, how men have, have an easier time when it comes to business. So we decided to, to do something about it. <laughs> 
And uh, we started the Empowered Women's event that we now do every year. And we've had some amazing speakers come in 2017. We actually brought Kim Kiyosaki to Sweden uh, as the speaker, uh, which was obviously a dream for us since she was uh, one of the huge inspirations for us to even starting our journey. And it was around these events that uh, when we were looking for, you know, powerful women uh, who could, uh, Swedish women who could inspire other Swedes to, to step up and change their lives, we had, um, we were introduced to Annie and we were really happy that she accepted to come and speak and share her story and her lessons with uh, other Swedish women to help them have the guts to do, maybe not everything she has done, but stand out and take their space. Well, can only be one at any seal, can there? Um, but I see lots of inspiration that we can we can draw from her story. So um, after the break, um, we'll we'll come back, and I'd just like to ask you, Annie, after the break, uh, a little bit about your sort of confidence driving programs that you're undertaking, and then we'll sort of get into some of the issues that uh, that women face today, uh, and uh, how to become you know more empowered as a woman. So we'll be back again with you all in just a couple of minutes. Do. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper Hi, this is Chris Cooper I'm with the uh, Rally Princess, Annie St- Seal, and also Daniel Wood. We're talking about empowering women. And, um, and Annie, um, 
Let's have a little chat about your sort of confidence driving program uh, and what you've what you've done there, as well as I uh, just should also mention in the in the commercial break there, you, we we were chatting about that uh, point Daniel made about uh, about men often um, ignoring um, sort of the females in meetings and talking to men, and you started to explain um, about the the surprise people have when uh, people find out that you built your bike or build your bikes. Yeah, no, they would always, if there was someone else, a man at hand, they would ask him about the bike and they would point at me and say, oh, it's Curtis, he's the one that built it. So <laughs> I guess that's sort of the normality. But yeah, yeah. I just, I just, you know, I do my thing and then um, hopefully someone will notice. <laughs> I used to work for, uh, when I, my first ever graduate job was working for a, a motor manufacturer and there was a uh, uh, a person who, who headed up, a female who headed up the parts department for the organization, and she would go and get a, a car serviced, and then people would, mechanic would come out and say, look, we, you need this changing and this changing, and it's going to cost this. So she'd say, oh, let's go and have a look, and they'd, they'd have a look underneath, and they'd be completely stunned when she would, uh, she'd be able to explain to them that there's actually nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with that one. And um, so they were clearly trying to... Uh, Trying to uh, extract a little bit of extra cash from her. Yeah, well. Because she was female, but she <laughs> turned the tables. You know, it's good when you can call the cars. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, but also one, one of these things is that my knowledge and my drive, I want to pass on to others, to a new generation of women. So yeah, I, I do have a, now a rally school, or like it's not an actual school, but I do training courses. And uh, for beginners, but also have special only women's day. So I invite only women in all in all uh, ages to come and have fun and do an active driving course with me. So, uh, and I think it's very important because many women have bad confidence in driving. And they say, oh, I couldn't do that because, you know, I'm not a good driver. And I said, that's when you should come to the driving course because you're going to become a good driver. And... Um, and, you know, that to see confidence build in front of your eyes from, you know, I do a theory, which is only not driving technique. It's also driving philosophy. And it's about how to communicate with a car. And everybody knows that most cars are quite stupid. But you have to communicate with your uh, steering wheel, with the uh, gas and the brake to make it do what you want. And when you when you handle these techniques and tools of communication, you will become a better driver. Actually, this works in all kinds of perspectives of life, that you need to communicate what you want and what you want, where you want to go. So if you can apply this to every sense of life, you will at least be going the right direction in your life. Maybe you won't win because there's others out there competing with you, but you will have a good race going where you want to go. And do, do you think uh, that that confidence is sometimes because uh, w women are undermined by men when it comes to driving? Yeah, because, you know, men are always a bit pushy and, you know, women can't drive. They drive better than chicken and <laughs> it's a bit like that. And I can say also have, not having confidence does make you a worse driver. So it goes hand in hand and I want to break that. I want women to come and have fun in the car, you know, to go sideways in the corner. That's happiness for everybody and I can see women that never thought they were gonna do a race after a half a day with me they're all lining up 
for the final race because I always have a little bit of competition in my racing or my training courses. I won't tell them uh, at the beginning, but lunch break I will tell them and they will everybody line up for the start because now they know what they're doing and what it's all about and they actually enjoy racing. And I think that is also to be competitive it is quite fun when you know your abilities, when you know the techniques. So it goes also in business life. Mm. And it's a bit of, uh, with motor racing, you know, you're sort of sliding there into the corners. There's almost, uh, you know, there you've got to, you're safely, let, safely letting go of control because sometimes we like to be very much in control of ourselves. And there's something about a car sliding around a corner, which is almost feels out of control, but you're doing it yeah. in a controlled Manner. Is it yeah. a bit of that? Yeah, it is that. And when you can feel that you're balancing on the edge, which is actually the ultimate control. So just mm. the, 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 the feeling of, of pure happiness and, you know, control doing a handbrake turn. <laughs> it's a liberating, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. And I, I think also some of the young girls, some are only 14, 15 years old, when they come back from my training school, school and meet their friends at school and I can see they actually did a motor race I mean imagine all the all their <laughs> the guys in, in, in school like wow did she actually do that did she go to a proper racetrack and yes yeah, she did so and what, what empowerment issues do you think women face today from your experience well I, I would say that in every like uh, empowerment, you have to always claim your own space, your own li race line, and you can only do it from within. So um, that's what I'm trying to empower them with. Even also, I, I saw this photo from from the speech I did with at the um, Empowered Women's event last year. I had like my big one victory but it took me 100 crashes to get there. And it's ah. overcoming yourself over and over again. <laughs> ah. So that was one of the images I showed for all these women, that to win, have one victory, you have crashed and failed so many times. And I want everybody to realize there's no easy track. There's like no, no, uh, no way up unless you're willing to risk at least, you know, a few punches. <laughs> and, and Daniel, do you think... Um, you know, are you seeing? Do you see similar kinds of issues in in women facing business? Is it also an in, an inside job? Yeah, I mean, we we were talking about this uh, you, me, and Annie here last week, and uh, we we're talking about the glass ceiling. That is uh, definitely a very real thing, and uh, it's it's one of those things that you know, it's not going to go away in a big monumentous event. It's not going to, you know, we're not going to blast through the glass ceiling. But my hope is we can together work to make it dissipate. And really, that is about both women stepping up and taking their space and accepting, just like, just like you say, Annie, that you will fail a hundred times before you succeed. And that's okay. That just means every failure you make is one step closer to success and not let that get you down, not let anyone say that, well, she failed because she's a woman. It's just she failed because that's natural. Let's go out and succeed uh, the next time. And I think that's what both men and women have to start accepting is that it's not a, 
really success today isn't a gender question. It's uh, it's just a matter of get, dusting yourself off, getting back up and doing it again. And if we allow women to fail just as we allow men to, I think we'll see that women are generally better entrepreneurs, better investors than men are. And if we give them the space to say, fail and succeed, that will become more and more common. Mm. I, I would you? actually, sorry, I was going to okay. say that actually, if you if you compare the fail rate of men to the fail rate of women, I would say men are on the leaderboard because, <laughs> um, you know, because normally women, they feel when for them to take on a risk or a challenge, they they seem to have, like, they are fully prepared. They have done the background checks where men were like, they're just going and they see what happens. So, I well, I'm not maybe a typical woman in that sense, but <laughs> so many women I know, when they're doing, they're going for something, they're, they're all set up. So, I mean, the risk of failure is less. Even if I know when I fail... I fail not only because of me, I sort of fail for the whole womankind, but um, that's why, of course, the punch is feels harder. But then I realize all the men have done the same mistakes as me before me, and that's just natural. You know, if you risk something, yes, sometimes you will fail, you know. So uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to just, you know... I don't, I don't want, I, I'm willing to take the risk and I can stand up and take a punch and I can, you know, I'm not embarrassed because I failed, you know, I just says next time I'm going to try harder. And, uh, well, you I have like to what you say there. Mm-hmm. I love what you say there, Annie, about, you know, women often preparing more to, before they take a risk and men more diving into it. I think that's something we really have to learn from each other that men, on average, of course, now we're using stereotypes, yes. but on average, men might need to prepare more and women might need to be more willing to prepare less and take more risk. And that's kind of the yin-yang of, of finding the combination of the uh, female skills and male skills, which will, which will help any organization become better and succeed. Makes, makes a lot, lot of sense. And I was also intri- interested in what you were talking about, Daniel, about uh, this glass ceiling. Uh, are we saying, I think, I think, you know, we all have glass ceilings, whether we're male or female, um, you know, barriers of, uh, you know, we, we can find ourselves keep stopping unless we, you know, develop ourselves and gain some support to move on to the next level. But are we, are we saying here that there isn't, act, or the, we need to get rid of this sort of gender stereotype and gender concerns about male, female, and actually realize that you know, there are people who have achieved great things at Annie Seal would, is, uh, Germany for many years now has had, had Angela Merkel who's leading it. She's in the top job in Germany. Um, actually, there is no there is no barrier to how far a woman rises and succeeds. It's it's more a matter of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the it. I mean you you can't say purely that obviously if you just ignore the glass ceiling it will go away because in especially in some organizations, it, it's truly a fact and it's there. But uh, the thing with today's economy is there's always another organization that you can, you can always leave the organization that's put a glass ceiling on you and go to another one. Uh, as you say, Chris, we all have glass ceilings we put on ourselves. What, uh, what we shouldn't accept, in my opinion, of course, what we shouldn't accept is someone else putting a glass ceiling on top of us. 
and the motor the motor industry. I mean, it's been, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Annie, but it it always seems to have been you know extremely male dominated. Uh, how you know what are the attitudes and qualities that you've you know uh, needed to adapt to you know thrive in in a space which was typically uh, you know a very masculine environment. Well, I didn't really think about it because I had the motor interest was within me, so I didn't have to adapt to that. And I would say, why are there so few women in in motorsport? I can tell, like in that car rally, out of two hundred motorbikes, there would be maybe two or four women racing. And maybe you have to just accept that most women are not that interested in motorsports in that sense where you go competitively. But also, it comes to role models. Uh, I know it comes. It's not like there are many or typical female role models in the sport but uh, I I didn't think of that I was thinking horse racing there was there were many women lady riders so for me to start racing a bike on track was like not a big step but it's in every the, I think the the drive has still to come from within but they need to be role models and I remember like if you talk about uh, power women in <laughs> In the past, I remember Margaret Thatcher when I grew up mm. in the eighties. Like mm. she was the woman playing with the big boys, and she was like, you know, nobody could question her about her leadership or strength or anything. So for me, it was like natural. Um, and I, I, uh, I think she was like one of the. And in England, they have a history of power women. All the queens during centuries. So. Mm. Um, so there are, but also women and girls have to be interested in it. You know, they have to go there and, you know, choose that way of life. To but, be do you think, but do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Margaret Thatcher mm. and, uh, and Angela Merkel. And I, I, I grew up with, um, the impacts of Margaret Thatcher with my father as a steel worker out on strike. And, um, yeah. but she, she seemed to be. She seemed to adapt a very, a very, you know, almost a, a male persona, but in, you know, quite strong. So she, you know, she, um, you know, she acted in a, quite a masculine, firm, tough uh, sort of way. Um, do you think that's necessary? I mean, can, uh, you know, can women be successful by being, you know, more feminine and, uh, and, and some of the, you know, some of the, adopting some of the female qualities. Because I just wonder if Margaret Thatcher, maybe more of her male side came out in some of her leadership. Maybe. I don't, because I, I don't quite remember as the leader in that sense. But I try to combine the best of the two worlds. When I need to use my femininity, I will do. When I use to my, when I need to use my masculinity, I will do. So why not use the best of the both worlds? And I think also now we're, we've got more uh, female um, executives and top leaders also in business and in many, you know, um, functions in society. Of course, the more female leadership will be all a standard. Before, maybe Margaret Thatcher had to be like the boys to even be out, able to play with them. So I hope um, society has changed in that sense that you don't have to do a sex change in leadership to to be able to get the job done. And is, do you think uh, in, in business, uh, Daniel, is there you – know, I, I know from, um, from one of my connections in the recruitment world that often when it comes to top sort of jobs, 
that you know they'd love she'd love to uh, to recruit more women into roles, but women often don't want those roles because of you know family requirements and that sort of thing. So she generally finds herself recruiting males into those roles because there isn't the available demand in the marketplace. Do you do you find that? Well, I mean, it's. I would say yes and no. I mean, that comes down to each and everyone's um, choice. And I think um, historically, it's really been a choice for many women is between career and family. And for men, the choice has been career and and family maybe hasn't been an option in the same way. Uh, One of my mentors says something that I think is very profound. Uh, He talks about to succeed today the skill set you really need is the ability to create communities, to create, uh, you know, basically families around your business to, to work with your clients, your employees, your teams, and create that family sense. And that is more generally seen as a, as a female trait, is the ability to build a community. So really, the, the skill set that will be needed to succeed in today's economy with social media and, and the way you know, we communicate with each other, really, it's the female skill set that will be important. So my hope is that more women will choose to take the top jobs, choose to foster the, the organization in a family sense and help people reach their full potential and work with their clients as if they were a part of the family. Because that's how you'll succeed today. Really, really valid, really valid comment. That uh, for any any business owner or uh, to really consider that. How do you, you know, ensure you create those families around your business and create that family sense? Really good thing to to leave us with now as we go into commercial break. And after the commercial break, I'm kind of really intrigued to you know get a sense of what as men can do to actually help this uh, this situation and help women to really really thrive what's our role in that process um so uh, do we need to change our mindsets for example um so we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes from the boardroom to you voice america business network Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with the Rally Princess, Annie Seal, and with serial entrepreneur, Daniel Wood. And um, we were, were just commenting in the commercial break, actually, about that that statement there that um, Daniel shared, you know, to succeed today um, it, you know, is the ability to create families around your business and create that sense of family. And that's often, you know, a real kind of female trait to be able to do that uh, really well. Um, so I think a really good takeout um, with that point there. And I'm kind of intrigued, you know, Daniel, um, just to further go into this, what, what do you think is the, you know, the role of men uh, in the process, do we need to change our attitudes? We, what can we learn from women like that um, to be even more successful? Because actually, you know, with us with us coming together, there are different definite traits with male and female that um, you know together are more powerful than in isolation. So, uh, you know, just share your thoughts, Daniel. Well, absolutely. I mean, men have a very important role, especially now because of the fact that there are still more men in leadership positions than there are women, which means most of the final decisions of who joins the leadership ranks are in the hands of men currently. And I think what we have to change is really seeing is, is this a role for a man or a woman and rather just look at it as a meritocracy. I believe strongly in a meritocracy where, you know, the person who is best fit for the role, the one who's going to do the best job in the role should have it. And that's how we try to run all our companies. And subsequently, we have about 70% women in our companies. Uh, (laughs) So I don't know uh, what that says about women's ability over men. But uh, we're, we cut, we constantly try to see who is the best fit for this role, who bring, brings the best traits for this role. And uh, as we were talking about just before the break there is creating that sense of community and feeling is really one of the core traits, one of the core strengths you need to have. And as it is a female, uh, I would say cl- stereotypical or classical female trait, uh, more female, more females have that skill set, which means they are more fit in today's economy to have those leadership positions. So I would definitely say that today is really the time of women, and uh, you know the Amazon society is on its way back. <laughs> do you find? I mean, do you find you you um, you know wife Gisela, um, your your you know kind of. Uh, you know, obviously, life partners as well as uh, business partners, and you know, being both involved in the business does that help you have more balance? Well, I think um, we were actually laughing about that last night because I I was coming home from uh, from having an event. I was I was speaking, so I came home late, and as we're you know going to bed, we're still bouncing ideas off of you know my presentation. What could I've done better? What could I've done differently? And, uh, you know, we're doing that as our heads are hitting the pillows. And we kind of laughed about, you know, what other couple would do this. And we're so lucky that we're doing this together because I don't think anyone, <laughs> anyone else would want us considering how much we, we talk about our businesses. But it's our passion together and we do it together. And, you know, we'll talk about what, what we need to improve in each of our areas to, to reach our goals. And I mean, it's, sometimes that's quite difficult giving feedback to, uh, 
you know a marital partner uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know how do you, how do you how do you go about giving feedback to each other or does it just are you now just uh you know immune to what comes back when Giselle is giving you feedback about what you've just stood up and delivered for example oh absolutely not <laughs> i have i have no immunity whatsoever uh no we've we've been together for 15 years and it's about knowing when to give feedback to and and how to do it so it's really about communicating together and being open so you know if i'm if i'm already down and beating myself up obviously if she would jump in and say well yeah you were you were really bad you should have done this this and this that's not going to help so it's about seeing seeing where the other person is and giving them the, the support they need when they need the support, the feedback they need when they uh, want the feedback and they're open for the feedback. And uh, it's just about communicating. And, and of course, for us, we have the passion for the business. And, and in many cases, when it comes to that, we try to leave our ego at the door. And if, you know, if I need to do something differently because it's, it will further our goals, it will let us reach more people, let us change more lives, well, then my ego is... It's it should be bruised because it's holding us back from making a bigger difference. I almost I almost say on my rally courses, uh, normally when I have the only Women's Day, uh, boyfriends, husbands, or fathers are not allowed because then sometimes they always feel that they're being watched by their their partner and. Yeah then they don't sit in the same car if I, uh, you know, if I'm doing the training because I want them to be totally free and learn from me and no judging. So <laughs> I know about that aspect that it's a bit difficult sometimes when, when you bring your re- relationship to the, into the rally car. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it in real life. Uh, but uh, of course um, if you get it to work it's excellent and also on one occasion there was this this woman coming to my rally course and she said I have to bring my husband and I was like well I just had a baby two months ago so he will babysit it so I can go and and feed it in between so that was was okay he was allowed on the rally course (laughs) (laughs) and I've been there at the rally course once when Gisela was there so you didn't stop me at least (laughs) no but I was uh, I think that was a mixed day wasn't it Um, sometimes no and and also I had you and and your child around rally car so yeah family is always welcome the younger they start you know the faster they get don't they <laughs> william, william loved it he wants me always to drive faster now so i'm trying to explain that there are laws when you're outside the race <laughs> <laughs> dad do a handbrake turn yeah so uh, but i also know that if i had you know had i don't have any children on my own but i know if i had children i would be like the best mother i would go into that you know career as i do in everything else and um, so i don't think that you should have to you know prioritize down your family or children even if you make a career so then you have to share it so what men would have to do is like step up in the in the in the life of taking care of the home and family if the woman then has to focus more on the work. And it's not like she has to work longer hours, but just to come home and not take care of all the dishes and washing clothes and all that. And just hang out with the kids and uh, maybe the husband does all the, the dirty jobs <laughs> in the house. So that's also the role for a man to you know, step up for the woman. 
completely agree. I mean, men, uh, men, I mean, one of the things too, the stereotypical men being at the office and the women being at home, I, I really don't think it should be seen as a sacrifice to be home with the kids. It is, no. that is a, a huge pleasure. So I think uh, it's, I think we should turn it around and say it's men's turn to get to be home and take care of the home and the, and the kids as well. And not only the women, the women can get to go to work. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually really, a really great, uh, a great leveler to do that. I had a couple of years ago, my wife wasn't well and had to go into, hosp- into hospital very suddenly for about 10 days. And I was left with uh, two children to get to school, to clubs, uh, to uh, to make sure they got the right things in their bags for the different lessons, and I ended up having to put flip charts up on the walls with the different, you know. <laughs> and and I, I, one day I took my child without, um, you know, without a coat, and uh, another day I got a call to say um, uh, one child had got his brother's trousers on and they were too tight, and I needed to bring another <laughs> one in, and it was, um, but it was a great leveler because I think what we as 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 men, if we're out working a bit more, are we can not appreciate actually just how tough it is actually being at home, running at home. And it's a really good leveler, I think, to experience doing it. Our household, we both we both are kind of you know, sort of freelance in our sort of work, really. So we um, we very much share. And uh, there's uh, it, it's who gets in the kitchen first, and who you know who feels like doing the cooking. It's um, it's a very much a shared process, really. Yeah, and I think also just to to realize the the magnitude of the um, responsibility of a family that you know, normally. You know, you just oh, she's just at home, like you say. But to make a home, and you know, to make all those bits and pieces work, you know, it, while they're orbiting, it's like huge skills and and responsibility. And I would say, you know, you have to. I think both in a relationship should master it, should be able to master it, even if maybe you're not as good as the technicalities of, of the home, but you can learn. I mean, that's just to learn it. If you're interested and you feel the need, you just do it. There shouldn't be, you know, a big, no, I can't do it. Everybody should be able to do it, to have a family if you choose to have a family. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. I mean, Gisela will be fair. Gisela will be sharing a very powerful speech she does at the Empowered Women event where she talks about how being a mother has made her a much better entrepreneur just because of that skill in logistics and planning and organization that you're forced to have as a mother and, and the attention to to everything <laughs> you know did it go too quiet is something happening over there what's you know all the organization that's made her a better entrepreneur and she has a very fantastic uh, presentation she does and she'll be doing at the empowered women event Thanks. I, th- I think there's a role for men actually this for me having having uh, actually, actually through some of my my sort of coaching clients I've, I've, I've found myself on a number of occasions actually being asked to give a bit of support to also to their wives because they're thinking about going back into the workplace. And sometimes what I've I've found through that experience is actually a loss of confidence for a woman who has been at home with children for quite a long time. And and some of that is because their confidence isn't built up through that role. Um, and I think I think men can maybe help them with that and play a role to uh, uh, to, you know to appreciate and respect what they do a little bit more and. And also support them to, you know, keep uh, realizing how much potential they've got once the children are a little bit older. Um. Yeah, I agree. And I think that might actually be something for 
for for women who haven't chosen to make that decision, women who chose a career rather than being a stay-at-home mom, I think also for them to realize that the women who've you know not been in the workplace for for you know five, ten, twenty years, that their skill set is unique that they've learned in that time, and uh, and and you know not feel that they that they've made a decision that doesn't let them go to the career. Instead, it makes them better at what they do. Excellent. We're actually actually now we're we're only got a couple of minutes before we need to end. So I mean, just very quickly, when when is your empowerment event this year? You've got one next year as well, and. Yeah, we, so we're in our third year now. So this year sits on the 27th of October in 2018. And we actually have Randy Zuckerberg coming as the keynote speaker. And of course, the fantastic Annie Seal. So it's going to be an amazing event. So it sounds like one to, uh, one to definitely put in your calendar if you can. That's in Stockholm, I assume. Yes, exactly. Right by the central station. So you can fly in, take the train into town and just walk into the locale. Excellent. I can even picture that, actually. Um, so um, just, just need to um, finish now. Um, do you have any final messages you'd like to leave us with, Annie? Well, I would. Uh, my, my final message is that even if you can't like, win, whatever you do, make sure it's spectacular, you know, do the best you can. And then when you achieved or come away, you know, don't, don't be shy and share it. Be proud of whatever you achieved, you know, don't stand back, don't hold back, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Excellent. Be, be, be exceptional. I like that. Um, brilliant. Thank you, Annie. And how about you, Daniel? Well, I love that, Annie. That's an amazing takeaway and I can nothing but agree and just say that really you can do anything. Um, one thing we usually say at our events is there are there's nothing as an unreasonable goal. There's only unreasonable deadlines. So you can really do anything you want. Just respect yourself and give yourself the time to succeed. And there is nothing you can't do. Right. I've got to, we've got to leave you there. Thank you so much for being on the show. I, I really hope you've enjoyed it today. It's been a pleasure talking with you both and uh, for more information you can connect with um, Annie on LinkedIn and Facebook or check out our web- website I think particularly if you speak um, Swedish uh, it's um, uh, happy happy industries is that the Annie no I'll just go annieseal.com and you'll find me fantastic and <laughs> then Daniel easiest. brilliant visit um, the Swedish swedishinstitute.se that's swedishinstitute.se yep. Swedish wealth Swedish oh, well, wealth, wealth, wealth institute yeah, and also the, yeah, the Wealth Institute website, and obviously um, you can connect with um, with Daniel on um, on social media as well. Uh, any questions, comments, um, you can contact um, Daniel, you can contact, I'm sure, Annie, um, but do get in touch with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback on the show. It's now the 301st show, a unique show that we've done, so um, love to hear from you all. And if we can help in any way, just uh, just reach out. Um, so next week's show, um, we're gonna. I'm having a little break next week, so uh, I'm going to be with um, David Fox Pitt. Um, so I'm going to re- repeat his show on positive rosity, which was really well received. And the following week, we've got um, Emma Hallam, and we're going to talk about um, overcoming um, challenging sort of situations and uh, dealing with adversity. So we're back with you again in uh, just um, a, a week or two, and uh, wish you all well. Thank you once again to Annie Seal and also to uh, Daniel Wood.
We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.